At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't sister. know we were going to go there on people that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, my brother Lo. Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Coast Kissies with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We do have a tremendous podcast for you. We're going to be joined in segment number two by one of our good friends, Brian Ralph. He does absolutely amazing work over at EchexCBB, and we're going to be diving in on the whole waiver ordeal that we face with these two plus time transfers. What are we going to be seeing on that front from the NCAA? So we want to be diving in a little bit more there because. And it's big in terms of the rosters that we are going to be diving in on. Or a few teams that they are able to not deal with this. Or a few teams that we know we are going to be getting. We're going to be highlighting a few of those as well with Brian. And we also have been privy to a lot of talk of realignment over the last few weeks with everything that has been happening with the Big Ten becoming the Big 18. We know that Cal and Stanford, as I'm doing this podcast, they are looking to be able to bust in to the ACC along with SMU. And it's looking a little bit more likely as we do this. I have yet to get confirmation one way or the other as I do this podcast for this lovely Friday morning. But it's certainly something that's on the horizon as well. But we did see a lot of realignment in terms of mid-majors last year. And Brian, he is a part of the Almanac, which that's a part of Ejects CBB, Field of 68, along Three Man Weave, doing a great job previewing the upcoming season. He does the Sun Belt, and they were very much a conference that dealt with a lot of realignment last year. How do we want to gauge some of these teams in season number two? Because we're going to have a lot of teams that are going to be going through year ones, year twos, what have you, of realignment both this year, next year, and I'm sure probably the year after as well. How does he gauge these teams in year one versus year two? Is it a little bit easier in year two? Are you able to catch a few teams off guard in year one? So we're going to be diving in on that front. We are going to be taking a little bit of a look at the Sun Belt as well. And we're also going to be taking a look at just the amount of big men that we right now have as the dominant players in college basketball right now. And now college basketball has been dealing with a little bit of a shortage of tremendous guard play. So we've got a lot to talk about with Brian in segment number two. In segment number one, we did see a little bit of movement with regards to the transfer portal on Thursday. So we're going to get that rounded up for you as well. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that's fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, but let's take a look at what we all did get with regards to the transfer portal front. 
Thursdays. We did see Yale get a little bit of pickup. Casey Simon, someone who was a four-star recruit, according to a lot of the major recruiting sites, didn't really do much last year while he was at Northwestern. Two and a half points, one and a half rebounds per game in the sparing amount of time that he did get at Northwestern last year. He is now enrolled at Yale. He was the number 130 recruit for the class of 2021. Actually played during the 2021-2022 campaign for Northwestern with Right around two and a half points, one and a half rebounds per game. Did not play at all last season, but currently he is listed on the Yale roster. So that is very, very good news for the Bulldogs of Yale, a team that once again I think is going to be very rock solid out there in the Ivy League every single year. It feels like Yale is very rock solid out there in the Ivy League, an Ivy League that sent a team to the Sweet 16 last season. So in Jeff Jones we trust. I do think that they're in for another good year, and being able to add a talent like this that is going to make a Yale team that was one of the most dominant in all of college basketball, forget mid-majors, but all of college basketball on defense, even more fearsome. We did see a pair of guys decide to put their name into the transfer portal, Sam Thompson from Colgate, along with Jaden Coleman, who was over at Detroit slash Detroit Mercy, and for Coleman, his stay at Detroit Mercy was not very long, as he actually played at Tulane last season. He had decided that he was going to be going to Detroit, and now he's back in the transfer portal. For Coleman, he averaged two years ago during the 2021-22 campaign in the American. Six half points, shot 42% from three, saw a bit of a fall last year, down to about four and a half points per contest. Looked like he was going to a Detroit program that, as we know, with Antoine Davis being out the fold, lots of openings there, but it appears as though he has decided to reopen his recruitment, and he is going to be looking elsewhere. And then with Thompson, he was over at Colgate last season, not a guy that played a mondo amount of minutes, but you figure that he could be an interesting little mixer and shaker. Four and a half points, 2.7 rebounds per contest, playing 15 and a half minutes per contest for a bunch of They made the NCAA tournament in back-to-back years. Six foot nine was really one of the few guys that didn't shoot threes for Colgate, but he is out there in the transfer portal. We shall see if anyone is going to be willing to nibble in. How about this for a little bit of a Patriot League school? Being able to add in there a guy from Vanderbilt as Adrian Samuels. He was over at the SEC level last season. Did not see any playing time whatsoever. He played in three games. He scored as many points as myself. He's a native of Nashville, Tennessee, so he was staying within the city, and I am pretty sure that he was just a little bit of a walk-on. He's going to be going to American. Six foot five, a little bit of a shooting guard. Once again, not a lot out on him, but American, they get a little bit of a pickup from the SEC, and that's a win that you'll always take and makes you proud to be a part of American. So that's what we all saw with regards to the college basketball movement. On Thursday, the movement is getting a little bit less, so conference previews, they are starting to come a little bit more hot and heavy, and I shall be doing the Summit League and the Southern Conference within the next few days, so be on the lookout for those. Hopefully, I'll have both up within the next 96 hours. I think that that's four days, so 96 hours, we should be having both of those up, so be on the lookout there, and coming up next, we do have a great chat coming your way with Brian Roth, who does amazing work over at HXCBB. We're looking at the waiver debate. We're going to be also diving in on some of the teams from the Sun Belt, taking a look at teams after realigning the previous year, if that's going to give them a little bit of a boost up, and taking a look at just the big men that we've got in college basketball, and a little bit of a shortage of guards in college basketball as well. That's up next right here on Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to a really good cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. We're back to Love you, Las Vegas for the Beach Ball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by this man as we're being joined by Brian Rolfe. He does... Absolutely terrific work over at Check CBB. Taking a look at this game that we all know and love. He is based out there on the East Coast. 
doing an amazing job taking a look at some of these seeds with regards to the Almanac's conference preview says it's being done right now by Heat Check CBB Field of 68 along with the three man. We've taken a look at all 32 conferences, whole bunch of teams. I know that Brian is playing a big hand there. I know he does a great job as one of the co-hosts of the Heat Check CBB Hangout as well. You're able to find that over your podcast and you're able to follow this band on X. I actually got it correct this time. At BRAUF33, the last name is R-A-U-F, and then the numbers three and three. And Brian, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I don't think I'll ever get used to calling it X, so props to you. <laughs> oh, man, I don't think I'm going to get too used to it either. It's like a one in three shot that I actually get it correct. But something else that's hard to get correct as well is who's all going to be eligible this year in college basketball? Because right now I know that you're doing a great job with all of your previews. Everyone over there working on the Almanac is. but how difficult is it just gauging who's all going to be eligible slash ineligible with regards to graduate transfers and whether or not a guy is waiting on a waiver because it feels like it's a big giant ball of wax with this COVID year and just a lot of non-clarity from the NCAA, which is something that we all have a lot of experience with. Yeah, you expected the NCAA to be upfront and transparent about what to expect before everything happens so people could prepare? No. Of course not. There is more and more of a fear setting in that the NCAA is going to, going to deny a lot of these waivers. And the NCAA has come out and said that they were going to be more strict with the, with the second transfer waivers. But they've, they've come out and threatened to be more strict before and not been. There are some coaches who are still hoping and planning on having some of those guys. Uh, I know Jay Ladner at Southern Miss with Andre Curbelo are hoping and counting uh, on Curbelo getting a waiver and him suiting up for the Golden Eagles this year. Uh, there are some like that, and there are some that just are hoping that they get them, and if they are, great, but aren't necessarily planning for it. It's thrown a wrinkle into a lot of roster construction. A lot of those transfers made the decisions back in April, some in the May, some even at the end of March, right? And um, now rosters are kind of set. There are still players available in the portal, but all the high-impact guys are, are gone, and you could perhaps argue that all the medium-impact guys are gone as well. So you kind of are, are stuck with – who you have and kind of leave some teams to the mercy of the NCAA. Yeah, and it certainly is just such a tough ordeal to be able to take a look at it as well because you do have so many teams that they've got a lot to gain slash lose. And I think the big question I have right now is how big of an advantage do you think this might be for these teams that they really don't utilize the transfer portal? Because I take a look at a team like Marquette. We know what we're going to be able to get out of Marquette this year, regardless of if these transfers are going to be getting waivers, whether they are slash are not. We know what to expect out of Marquette this year. A team like Michigan State, they actively avoid the transfer portal. Aside from Ty Walker came in a few years ago, they really have not utilized it at all. How much is it a case right now where the teams that they didn't make any moves in the offseason, they tried to keep the status quo, they're right now in the best footing out of everyone. Roster continuity is always something that is valuable in college basketball. It's gotten more and more so as the portal has become more and more prevalent, right? But it's been something that has given teams a temporary boost in November, December. You have a bit of a head start on teams that are having to build chemistry and learn how to play with each other that have brought new guys in through the portal. Some of these second waivers, teams that have really relied on that, if they get denied, the talent level is going to be a little bit further down than those teams were hoping. That bump you see those teams that Ross continuity have, it's probably going to last the entire season as opposed to just being in November, December. It's going to be very interesting to track this season, how that plays out. But it is going to be, I think, something that really benefits 
teams that do have that roster continuity in a more accentuated way than it has in past years. I think that it is so important to take a look at these teams that are a little bit tried and true. They're bringing back quite a few of the guys from last year. I think that that is going to be a big benefit to them as Joining me on the show, we do have Brian Ruff. He does absolutely tremendous work over at Heatcheck CBB, and obviously we've been seeing a lot of realignment moves. And, well, with regards to realignment, it's really going to be taking hold with regards to the 2024-25 season. But I know like quite a few of the conferences that you cover, especially the Sun Belt, they have went through it quite a bit in the past few years, a little bit less so this year than it was last year. Last year was completely redone as they were bringing in a bunch of teams like Marshall, what have you, from Conference USA. But just having a full year under the belt of a lot of these teams in the Sun Belt going into season number two, like a team that you were mentioning with Southern Miss, like a team that I had just mentioned in Marshall, how much do you think it's going to do a lot of these teams that they did move into the conference for season number two? Because I always feel like that season number one is a little bit of a feeling out period, and we're going to be noticing this a lot with regards to the major teams that could give us a little bit of a blueprint as to how it's going to be working out with a lot of these higher conference transfers slash realignment moves that we're going to be seeing in future years. It's a positive and negative at the same time for a lot of these programs. On the positive end, these are teams that you're going to be playing twice a season in most cases that aren't used to the style you play, aren't as used to the plays you run, aren't as used to your personnel and some of the intricacies of what you do on the offensive and defensive end. That can give you an advantage, and Southern Miss is a perfect team to show that. They won the Thunder regular season their first first year in the league after being near the bottom of Conference USA in their last season in there. The flip side of that is that you also don't know what to expect from the other teams in your league. So that feeling out period can be good. I know in some in particular there are teams like Marshall and Old Dominion who were much further north than the rest of the conference footprint. They're still... The Sun Belt, I think, has a much more defined regional footprint than a lot of these other conferences we're seeing, particularly with the rumors of Cal and Stanford joining the Atlantic Coast Conference. But they had to travel a lot. They had to get, they had to get used to traveling a lot more than the teams they're facing and the other conference foes. They have said kind of played into just some, some new challenges for them that they weren't used to necessarily dealing with. So it's positive and negative. This, this year, too, is going to be interesting to see how much of those year one results were not necessarily fluky, but maybe just a result of that feeling out process. But there definitely is that feeling out process that every team in that conference has to go through. Yeah, there certainly is. And you mentioned it with the Sumba last year. It felt like it was completely tilted on its head because with regards to the Sunbelt, we saw a lot of teams that they were a little bit downtrodden in conference USA. We're going to call it what it is. Like Southern Miss, they had a really rough year now. I thought that there was upside going into the year with Southern Miss last year because they had brought in Felipe Haas. They brought in Neftali Alvarez from Mercer. And when you bring in multiple guys from the same school, I always think that that's a recipe for success. That clearly was for the Sun Belt. But with regards to this conference, I also do feel like, and this is something that I know that you've alluded to in our past conversations as well, this is one of the most parity-driven mid-major conferences in all of college basketball. And are you expecting much more of the same this season with a conference that, let's call it what it is, when I take a look at it, I don't necessarily see that clear number one team. I also see a lot of teams that at the bottom got much better in the offseason. I love the Sun Belt. And I don't know if there's more than maybe two or three teams in the league, the, the other 11. All, I think, have realistic scenarios where they can challenge for a conference title. The conference title race is not going to be 
you know, 10, 11, 12 teams deep or anything like that. But with some of the new additions, some new coaching hires, some of the, the transfers that are coming into that league, there are scenarios where you can see teams like Arkansas State take a big leap up after finishing near the bottom. You can see a team like Georgia State, who made the NCAA tournament two years ago, and then finished in last place last year. I know Jonas Hayes, I talked to you for the Almanac, has, thinks they fixed a lot of things that went wrong last season. And they had the talent level to compete with teams in the top half of that league. It's going to be very parity-driven. It's going to be a crowded race for a conference title. I think I said this last year with the league, too, is where there were, ended up being four or five teams in the top of the league last year that were all in that race. I didn't care who won the conference tournament. Any of those four or five would have been a dangerous team for a power conference opponent to face in the NCAA tournament. Louisiana ended up winning the Sun Belt tournament, gave Tennessee all they could handle. I don't think Tennessee won five that game. But I see a similar situation here. I think the Sun is going to have a hand teams that can compete, maybe in a one-game sample, but can basically compete with power conference teams and be a problem. I don't think the strength of this league gets the credit it deserves for how strong it is at the top. And there is not that one main team, but there are a handful that I think have that potential. And how big do you think it is that a conference like the Sun Belt, it does have a wide range of styles? Because I do think that schools that play in conferences that you've got a lot of up-tempo teams, you've got a lot of slow teams, they benefit very much so because I was alluding to it. A lot of these teams that came into the Sun Belt a few years ago, they were coming over from Conference USA, which I feel like Conference USA has the widest ranges of styles in all of college basketball between fast and slow. In this conference, you've got a team like Texas State that they always play at a snail's pace. They're looking to hang their hat on defense. Marshall, they're looking to grip it. They're looking to rip it. They're looking to just run it down your throat. James Madison was playing very fast. They were looking to get a bunch of turnovers. And then another team like an Old Dominion. They also play very slowly. Do you think that there is something to playing just a wide variety of teams with different styles and that being a benefit in March? Yeah, it prepares you for anything, right? You're not as matchup dependent in terms of your success. I know the Sun Belt in particular, it's, it's starting to form a little bit more uh, to the same where, and this is all across the major ranks, but it's tough to find good, versatile big men, right? So you're seeing a lot of these teams go smaller. Everybody wants to play faster in the offseason, but I, I think the Sun Belt is unique in the sense that there are some coaches who that's just not what they're going to do, and they're holding firm in that not trying to placate to boosters or administration and understand the way they want to play in the way that, in a lot of cases, have made them successful in the past. The varying styles, I think, helps play into the parity in the Sun Belt, but when you get down to March and conference tournament and NCAA tournament time, if you're able to survive all of that, it pairs you to play against any style, which again, your success be less matchup dependent and more based on your talent level. I am right there with you. And I do feel like, like with Conference USA last year, we saw the entire NIT Final Four be loaded with Conference USA. Like you very nearly had a national title contender from Conference USA. Felt just short in the Final Four, but I thought that that was very striking. I do think that the variance in style of play was really able to help them out as well as Brian Rolfe. It does amazing work over at Heat Check CBB. Is joining me on Coast to Coast Soups. And Ryan, I know that you guys over on the Heat Check CBB Hangout did something very fun about a week or so ago. You, Riley Davis, and Connor Ope, all guys who have joined this podcast, all guys that do absolutely tremendous work as well over there at Heat Check CBB. You guys did a little bit of an All American draft. And I know you're, I won't reveal your whole team, but I will <laughs> reveal that you did pick Donovan Klingon for your team. He was. 
your main big man. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Zach Eady was number one off the board. I don't think that that was necessarily too much of a shocker, but in terms of just taking a look at some of these guys that you do feel upside on for the season and some of the guys that you drafted, what were you sort of trying to take a look at and what sort of attributes do you think are going to be big in this sort of landscape of college basketball where the big man, as you were alluding to a little bit before, still does reign pretty supreme? It does. Directly at the power conference level, it was hard to find guards in the All-American draft. It was really hard to find guards who are worthy of being at that level. Tyler Kolick's obviously there, had been there last year. But outside of that, pretty much all of the proven commodities and guys who you know what you're going to get, at least at that level, are big men. My first three picks in that draft, and we picked six guys each, were big men. I think a majority of the first two to three rounds were big men. Listen to the most recent episode of, of the Heat Check Hangout was Tyrese Proctor went second. Connor took him second. It was Connor's first pick. It's the first guy taken right after Zach Eady. I was picking third. I was picking right behind Connor. And I was upset because I wanted to use my first pick on Tyrese Proctor. A, because I think Tyrese Proctor is going to have a breakout season and, and at the end of the year legitimately be at that level. But there's also just a big lack of proven high, high upside guards, I think, across the country. We saw that kind of play out in the NCAA tournament last year, because last year was another season where the bigs really ruled the national landscape and, and, and drove who was good and who wasn't during the regular season. But when we got to the NCAA tournament, the teams that made the runs, as always, were the teams that had great guard play. FAU had phenomenal guard play. San Diego State had high-level guard play. Miami was a team full of excellent guard play. UConn used the size, certainly, but you can't tell me Andre Jackson and, and, and uh, Jordan Hawkins didn't have as big of an impact on their national championship run as anybody. Big men are still going to dominate the college basketball landscape this season, but finding those high-quality guards that emerge and the high-quality backcourts that emerge this season I think are going to be key again determining who was able to make those long runs when we finally get to the NCAA tournament. I totally agree with you. And one of your last picks was used on Isaiah Stevens. I thought that that was a tremendous pick. And I think that there's a lot of upside as a result for a team like a Colorado State because they do have a proven commodity at guard. And I know you're a man that loves the Mountain West. How do you view Colorado State for this upcoming season? Because I feel like if they play even a modicum of defense, not to say that they win the conference just because San Diego State is still there and New Mexico, I think, is going to be very rock solid as well. But I think this could be a team that vies for an NCAA tournament bid and avenges a a season last year where, let's call it what it is, they fell a little bit short of expectations. They did, and injuries did play a role in that. But, you know, they'd be the first ones to tell you that they did not find the consistency that they really needed to. Defensively, there was issues. There was a lack of size, which is partially due to Nico Medved's system and and the way he plays and the way the the Rams play. So that's obviously built in. There was an adjustment to the the post-David Roddy life that you have to go through. But I do think they have the potential, led by Isaiah Stevens, to be an NCAA tournament team. They're probably going to be behind San Diego State, Nevada, New Mexico, in the Mountain West pecking order. I think Nevada can have a great season and and potentially challenge San Diego State at the top of that that league. I think both of them are going to be very, very good. Uh, New Mexico, obviously, as well. But there's no reason Colorado State can be there as the fourth team and be a team that's on the bubble looking at certainly a first four berth is absolutely their own possibility. I would not shoot them down for being a potential 8-9 game or 7-10 game, depending on how things go and and some of the wins they were to pick up non-conference. Anytime you have a guy who's proven and is skilled as Isaiah Stevens, you're going to give yourselves a chance. They're more experienced this year. They were young last year, too. 
if they are able to improve defensively, which they should with continuity, I think that should be the expectation in Fort Collins this season. Yep, I do think so as well. I think that there's a lot of upside with Colorado State and there's always upside for this podcast when you join it, Brian. You do terrific work over at eCheckCBB. I know you're very hard at work on the Almanac. All you guys over there at eCheckCBB, three-man weave, couple with the field of 68 are doing a tremendous job on that front. So I'll give you the floor right now. Let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media, how to get the Almanac, and everything else that you're working on. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, or sorry, follow me on X at Ralph 33 It's B-R-A-U-F-33. And go buy the Almanac. It is the second year of us doing it, but it is easily the most in-depth and most comprehensive season preview you will find out there. You can pre-order it on cbbalmanac.com. That's C-B-B-A-L-M-A-N-A-C.com. You pre-order before the release date on September 20th. You will get 20% off. It'll be fifteen ninety nine. Uh, instead of the the $20 that it would be if you purchase it on release date September 20th or after. We talk to all 362 head coaches in the country. We write 1,300 words on all 362 teams in the country. Uh, There's national content in there as well, exclusive interviews, rankings from some of the, the best minds in college basketball. If you're a college basketball fan, anything you could possibly want for any team, you're going to be able to find in the Almanac. So make sure you pre-order your copy now at cbbalmanac.com. Brian does an amazing job taking a look at the game of college basketball last season. These guys did an amazing job with that almanac. And like I said, there's a lot of moving parts with regards to waivers, what have you. I know that these guys are doing the deep dive there, talking to all these coaches, trying to unearth as much information as possible for getting set for the season. So if you're looking for a little bit of an edge, if you're betting on these opening night games, the almanac is going to be a good resource there. And Brian, he is a tremendous mind when it comes to the game of college basketball. Big thanks to him for joining me on Coast Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like sharing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, got one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my X timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, very much appreciate it. From there, you're fire and whatever you'd like here on this podcast. Five that five-star review. I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. The transfer portal, as you can tell, it's starting to die down. So we're starting to do more and more conference previews. I've already done 18 in total. The SoCon, along with the Summit League, that is going to be coming in. Like I said, hopefully in the next four days. Might need to be five, but we're working on those the next few days. And once we get those conference previews done, it is going to be time for the college basketball season where I'll be giving you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So appreciate you guys joining me today. I'll be with you guys every day, and that means I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.